My name is Colby. And my name's Chris. We're both from Indian River County, Florida, and are starting this podcast to talk about fun topics to have a good laugh. Welcome to the Glendale Guys. take a swig first mm. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to uh episode four of glendale guys everybody episode four yeah no it uh it's going along pretty smooth mm-hmm. i feel like mm. smooth like this whiskey i bought oh of course from our neighborhood applebee's <laughs> At- applebee's <laughs> what are what are some like wrong taglines only for Applebee's? Like, um, Applebee's, where the service is great and the food is, you, you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll think of more. Like, what would be a terrible wrong slogan for Applebee's uh, if you had to think of one? Uh, dress for less, Applebee's. <laughs> 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 that actually makes a ton of sense. Do you do you remember in elementary school they had like the well like they had like the selling the most books or Christmas wrapping paper contests? Yeah, so I think it was pretty much a contest of who had the richest family. It was it was true though, but do you like they got to ride to Applebee's as the prize and I was so upset that it, I didn't get in, to go. In a limousine at that. And, and like, so upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think what we should do is we should just hire our own limousine and drive to Applebee's one to, day. To fulfill our own childhood <laughs> dream. <laughs> this is, I mean, honestly, kind of sounds like a great, great time. Could you imagine someone's like, wait, they're like, oh, there's a limo. And they're like, wait, why are they going to Applebee's? Oh my god. I think we're onto something here. What if like Applebee's created its own line of like luxury business? Like you got chauffeured in and to like a your own like table that was had its own like velvet rope to it. I don't know, man. It's just kinda like quote unquote uh quarantined off from everyone else. <laughs> Timely and pun intended. Uh well if so what we were talking about uh, just over the last few weeks, guys, is having a little bit more of a, you know informal, I think, topic. And so one thing for us that we both really enjoy and I'm interested to see more about how Colby does this is is collecting and, and buying kind of things that we call hobbies, which is electronics and video games and collectibles. So what we were going to do here is kind of just go off of uh, something that I know Colby does a ton of, and I want to know more about, which is exactly that, which is hobbying. So uh, for, for you, man, how did you initially get into it? And like, what, what is kind of something that like, what do you enjoy out of it that you kind of do to collect all this video game and hardware? Yeah. So and initially it, uh, it, it started, early on in elementary school and it kind of I feel like maybe hit around the same time as the big Pokemon craze Mm -hmm. so it it really started with collecting baseball cards 
Um, then, of course, you know, like I just said, the Pokemon phase, collecting Pokemon cards. Um, what I used to love about it um, was I would go to the library and I would actually uh, check out a book and it was a price guide on baseball cards. Ooh. So what I absolutely loved to do was almost like catalog my collection and price it out to see kind of what I had. And then sometimes what I would do is for these collections, they would have like a checklist. So the goal was to complete every item in that checklist. So I, I think more even continues on today is, um, you know, even for like example, like uh, Funko Pops, yep. um, like completing, like working on all of the office pops. Um, that feeling of one, it's something that you're, you like, right. Um, like a, a category of, of them. And then two, being able to like complete something. Um, so when I it, think it's interesting. Yeah. When it comes to like, so obviously before the quarantine started and we were all kind of on more or less house lockdown, what would be, mm-hmm. I know you went out and you shopped and you looked at just different flea markets and goodwills and if, and even online at Facebook marketplaces, like tell me what you got into or sorry, how you look for these types of products. So like not to tee you up too much, but I knew a, a lot of what you were doing the last few months was actually repairing like video game consoles and games. So tell me how yeah. that all came about. So it um, it kind of fell in line with a little bit more of the collecting, you know, a few years ago, trying to pick up some nostalgic pieces, you know, like, um, like you know, an old Game Boy Color or an N64, mm-hmm. uh, a PS1. And then I started started looking at, you know, eBay is one of my one of my big areas. And of course, like you said, locally, you know, Goodwills and garage sales. And I started looking and noticing there was a decent market out there for purchasing people selling and purchasing um uh broken consoles right you know so like like playstation 4s game boys things that were broken and being able to buy them at a fraction pr- fractionable price even with new parts and uh and i've always been a very hands-on person um i like using tools creating things and then one thing I've, I really enjoy is is fixing things. So being able to fix video games and video game consoles kind of almost was like a perfect mesh of love video games and I love to fix things. Yep. Um, so something like that um, has been absolutely perfect for me. It's, it's legit. Like it's it's funny – we just growing up together, like a lot of similar interests in, you know, sports and video game collecting and um, consoles. I will tell you, I would say about a, two or three years ago is when I really actually started getting into like collecting that type of video game hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't obviously, you know, I don't to the listeners out there fix what Colby's talking about, which is buying you know, kind of broken or used hardware and then and being able to fix that up. I will say that um, just because of the, the places that I've been able to go to and, and live at in Atlanta, there was a lot there. The hobbying scene and collecting scene is a lot bigger than you think it is when you first get into it. I, I was, I was crazy. I was very surprised when 
I was able to walk into honestly like department store type um, atmospheres with like a second in Charles, which I know I've took you to a few times where yeah. it's more or less a hobby store. It, you, you have used video game consoles that, you know, I feel like we're really not that prevalent as it's almost become a thing. And I can't imagine uh, with the sales that you probably get off of your eBay. I mean, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's still alive and well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because um, the, the way I've been seeing it lately is I, I, amongst all my other things I, I currently collect, I, I feel like the video game and electronics market right now, even several, several years ago is something to get into and actually collect. I feel like would honestly have better payoffs than, you know, even like some baseball cards mm-hmm. and stuff today. Like being able, for instance, being able to pick up like, uh, a PS4, uh, so you can find one for like 80 bucks. That's not working. Um, and turn around and fix it for probably less than like $20, depending on what it is. Then you can sit there and turn around and sell it on eBay for $200. Right. And that's that. And same thing with, you know, like game boys, you know, you got something that doesn't work, put a new, new case on it, maybe have half an hour of your time and $35 into it. And you turn around and you sell it for 80. It, uh, there's definitely a super strong market in it um, that, yeah, it's, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. You know, it's one thing off of that coming from a guy who I guess hasn't really been able to, or, or have the expertise to tinker like you can going into the actual consoles. Do you think there's any sort of thought process or benefit as of specifically this year? So we know that the PS5 and the Xbox are coming out this year. But at the tail end of that, you're going to have a lot of special edition consoles like the PS4 Spider-Man, the Xbox, I think is coming out with Cyberpunk, which is going to be a really big game later this year. I'm sure there's a Halo edition baked into this uh, console generation somewhere. Do you think that there's any sort of rhyme or reason behind buying one of those special edition consoles now and holding on to it? Because I I feel like when we go to those stores and marketplaces, those are the ones that have crazy amount of value in like six or seven years. Yeah, though I mean, if especially yeah, I, I would say something right now that is like a special edition. You know, for instance, like one I was actually looking at was a Batman Arkham special edition PS4. Oh, <clears throat> that's cool. So, by the way, yeah, being being a big Batman collector and fan, that one's pretty sweet. I feel like right now, anything like that, even, you know, Xbox Ones is the cheapest time to buy anything like that. Because like you said, I mean, even four or five years from now, um, it's going to be worth more. There's going to be less of them. Sometimes what what happens with these, some of these, even these special edition consoles, um, they break. And someone either is not inclined enough to fix them or doesn't want to pay to fix them maybe they look at it and like i'm not spending a hundred dollars to fix it Um, i'll just go buy the new ps5 right or um or something like that so they just throw them away so these things like special edition games stuff like that their the value is only going to increase so it's kind of one of those things buy it now sit on it for you know 10 years if you can stomach something sitting for 10 years and 
you're not going to lose any value right. in my opinion. This, okay. So here's a different question for you. Do you, if you had to look at your collection right now, what do you think to you is the most valuable that you, you currently possess? Um, I guess that can include video games and hobby. Yeah. So, um, definitely probably more related to the baseball card collection stuff. Um, there's, um, stuff my grandfather has given me Mm. that I, that I won't ever sell. Um, there'll be stuff, you know, I pass down to my kids. Um, I've got a really nice Al K line, uh, baseball card collection and some memorabilia, um, who he actually last week just passed away. He wow. played for the Detroit Detroit Tigers. And then a big another big portion is my Chipper Jones collection that I'll end up passing down to Riley. Um I, I would definitely say the baseball cards, they hold good value. Um but um I mean video games I actually don't collect too many right now. I'm trying to get more into that. Mm-hmm. But uh but I'd definitely say the baseball okay. card aspect. That's fair. Uh, you know, coming from a guy who isn't the biggest fan, I don't follow it nearly as closely as you do. It's funny. It's funny when you like look from the outside in and think about how well they've held their value over the course of, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, what, decades and centuries, honestly. So when I, I look at that, you know, I, I was going to bring this up earlier, but I think one thing that kind of influenced the hobbying aspect and you might remember the story any better than I can, but when the Indian river mall opens, there was that, Mm -hmm. there was that kind of import slash hobby slash card shop that was in the mall. And I really, I actually felt like that played a big role in, in the collecting part of, you know, what I would say is a huge hobby of mine, you know, um, I don't remember the name though. I mean, they would have everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going in there and if I'm remembering the same one, I feel like I would walk in and along the back wall would almost be like a glass case. Yes. And they would have it lined with packs of cards. Mm -hmm. Um, You can flip through a binder, buy cards uh, individually. You could go in there and sell your cards, trade your cards. Um, It was great. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that that was even a store like that right now. Um, if they threw in more like video game stuff, <clears throat> I feel like a store like that might do well. I agree, uh, depending on its location. Yeah, I loved it, man. It was it was it's so fun to do it because it's just um, you know even looking at what kind of I've leaned toward over the last few years has been more consoles. And so mm-hmm. there's only actually a few that I'm truly missing right now. I know that uh, the original Genesis is one of them. Um, there's a, a Turbo Graphics, which is kind of more like a rare one that wasn't released. Or it was released, but it wasn't that popular. Uh, it's just, I think it's really neat that um, you're able to, I guess the draw of it is you're able to really kind of make a collection out of it. And just buying the parts and pieces over time is like super rewarding in a sense. So I think it's, right. I think it's just, it's neat, but you know, I've, I've looked back at kind of that time of the, you know, when we were super small and kind of walking in and just seeing all this stuff around you. I think that was really neat. Yeah, I know. And that's like, like right now buying some of the stuff I'm buying now, obviously under quarantine um, can't, that no one's really having garage sales. 
Um, I really don't want to meet up with anybody at, you know, Facebook Marketplace. Right. Um, you know, thrift shops are closed. So I'm doing a lot of eBay stuff. Um, but it's, but it's in the, in the collecting aspect. I think, I think what I've, I've been kind of leaning more towards now is I fixing them up. And if I could, you know, purchase a group of, you know, four or five Game Boys at a, at a good, you know, marginal price and then fix one up, keep it for myself, Mm -hmm. sell, sell the rest. I still make money and I have something to add to my collection. And as I kind of keep doing that, kind of keep upgrading, you know, maybe I have just a regular Game Boy Color, but maybe one day I come across a special edition one, fix that right. up, keep it for myself, sell my others. Um, but no, it's, um, yeah, definitely lately the, the, the fixing and collecting been has, cool. been, um, has been, has, yeah. has that, has that over the, I, I hate to like transition into like the quarantine talk, but just super lightly about it is, has, have you seen more, uh, an increase in business since the quarantine has happened because people are more likely to buy those types of electronics. Right. So what's funny is the first, I would say uh, middle to end of March was ridiculously slow for like my eBay sales. The beginning of April, it started picking up a little bit last week. I mean, I had, I think two, two Xbox three sixties, um, they sold within like you know a day or two of each other. I sold a GameCube within that same week. I sold a Game Boy Pocket. Um, this beginning of this week, I sold another Game Boy Pocket. I sold uh, two special edition uh, Zelda Game Boy SPs. Like it, it seemed like once once everyone started getting wind of their stimulus check hitting the bank. People are now spending. It's it's so um, funny, man. And and what's funny is coincidentally, uh, unrelated to the the stimulus check thing, but over the past two days, I think I've purchased like ten small handheld consoles to fix. Mm. Um, like today, I think tonight I actually ordered two Game Boy Advances and three Game Boy Colors. Wow. Um, to fix to fix up and. But it, we were even talking about it, and I saw. Uh, it was a, a chart today about how Switch consoles are just completely in short stock right now. Like literally in Japan <laughs> and around the world, they cannot they cannot meet demand because of the amount of people that have tried to order this stuff. But it's true though. Like we were even chit chatting about it a few days ago that I, I turned on my old Game Boy, like the not on a newer console, the old Game Boy Advance. And and mm-hmm. fired up Pokemon for the first time in a while, and it's just the re- not only the nostalgia factor, which I think is a big part about it, but it you know it really does kind of take your mind off of it, and it allows you to kind of just relax and go back to probably a, a nice time where you're able to enjoy that stuff. So I I was curious about increased sales, and I it totally makes sense. Yeah, no, and it's and it's funny, like you said, with that switch shortage. Um, there's a lot of people out there now who are trying to buy up uh, 2DSs and yes. 3DSs um, to kind of almost supplement that that shortage buying something else. I actually, funny enough, last night, I have one of the 3DSs that I'm currently working on to fix, and I've got uh, Pokemon Moon for 3DS uh, for sale. It's just sitting on my shelf in inventory. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, why don't I just pop this in and play this for a little bit? Same thing, like I... 
I never actually owned a 3DS, but it's mm-hmm. it seemed a little bit more nostalgic than than hopping on the Switch. Thousand percent. No, that's honestly, man, that's actually super interesting. So, yeah, I'm excited to see, and I I will probably be looking at that Spider-Man edition of PlayStation Four because yeah. have you seen that thing? By the way. That thing, the is red sweet. with the white Spider Man logo is insane. Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that, especially if you can find it with the box. If not, you know, maybe, maybe keeping like an eBay search out for the right. box, something like that would be oh, so, so collectible. Yeah, you know, I, I know I've told this story to you, but just for everybody, I remember. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but it had to have been like my 11th or 12th birthday. It was right around the time where Halo came out. And it was a choice between some stupid something at Toys R Us or the Halo or the Halo mm. edition original Xbox. And and like with the box and, the, you know, and I my dumbass self chose the other thing. And I regret it to this day. <laughs> regret it to this day. <laughs> that That's like like going back and thinking of i think it was like maybe late middle school i had to be maybe early early high school and i still had like my new yield card mm-hmm. collection and my Beyblades, and i was like just getting ready to start driving and like i can make a hundred oh bucks a hundred bucks that's a lot, a lot of money like and like thinking about it now like there was probably thousands of dollars oh. that were just just sitting just like like that xbox that you had that was probably worth two three so times more money. than so much yeah. money. Oh my god, so much. <laughs> Dude, same thing. I think like I was in high school, I sold all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards and like the amount of money they're worth now. It's that's and I mean what's funny is like having Riley now, like some of the mm-hmm. toys she has and she of course accumulates so many and you know, sometimes we give some away, we donate some, sometimes some just get thrown out. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like what what's going to be that item in 10-15 years? that's going to be so popular that everyone's going to be wanting is it going to be freaking stupid baby I don't know. Stuff? You're, but you're right but like it's like what i know ah. i know you're like it's you may have to make that call where it's like she gets a little older and all her and all of her friends are just so into this toy line you're like i might just stash one of these just to see what happens yeah buy you one by myself well, one. actually i don't want to spoil it because it is actually one of my fun facts that i just thought of that is related Ooh. to this topic so uh we'll take just a super quick break and we'll go into our fun facts that'll round out this episode so stay tuned back with our fun mm. facts i'll go ahead yes. and start it off um Kind of going back off of uh, the collecting stuff, <clears throat> one of my um, favorite baseball players growing up was Chipper Jones. Uh, Hit hard. Oh, nice play, Chipper. From his knees, flips the first. That is a great play. Um, interesting fact about him. Some pr- Probably most people who, who have heard of him know about it. Um, but uh, his uh, name isn't what? actually Chipper. No, his name is yes. His name is actually Larry. Larry Wayne Chipper Jones, Uh, and he was actually born in Deland. That's interesting. Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Not too far away. My uncle's name is Larry Jones. This is 
Wait, oh. hang on a second. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you do you call do you call him <laughs> Uncle Chipper? By what if he? We we would be we would be having a great time if that was the case. I would be demanding a face to face and at least a hundred different. Yeah, items actually, signs. that would all be like what I want from him. Like, I don't want any sort of like communication. I just want your stuff. That's all I care about. <laughs> I I just want to gain monetary yeah. value. Off I think of that's you. family. That's what that is. <laughs> I think that's family. Okay, so <sighs> one the fun fact that I have for you guys is is based off of that kind of video game uh, aspect we were talking about earlier. So. Um, really, really unique story in the early 90s uh, what essentially was Nintendo and Sega were the two big video game companies. And Nintendo decided in the early 90s to partner with Sony and develop what essentially would be a next-gen console. And what they landed on was a CD-ROM component to the Super Nintendo. So it would, it would essentially add on to the SNES and be a, a ROM device too, which was thought of. But there was enough prototypes made. Sony was moving forward with it. Well, it turns out at CES that year, Nintendo completely backstabbed them and announced uh, Philips as their partner. So it completely shocked Sony. Like literally Sony did not know that was going to happen. They said they gave them the middle finger and decided to create the PlayStation off of that. So Nintendo kind of almost created its own demise of sorts. Uh, Even though they're they are doing well now, you got to give them that. Got to give sure, but uh, it's true. Yo, essentially gave this entire middle finger, and Sony decided to go off and create this own thing. But I thought of that because just randomly through a bunch of bankruptcy courts of these different companies. A original working prototype of the Sony of the Nintendo PlayStation was found, and in like a box of stuff from a former VP of Sony, uh, and it, it just like a, a accountant bought the box from an auction for I think ten dollars, and sold oh it gosh. and sold it online for four hundred thousand dollars. Yep. What? And sold it. I think it was to. Uh, it was a higher up board member of an actual, I think it's like pets.com. I could be wrong here, but he's going to essentially display it at a museum somewhere. He bought it for memory. Um, so, but you wow. imagine being that guy and like he said him and his son posted it on Reddit and didn't know what it was and like looked at it the next morning and there was thousands of comments on it. I can I can only imagine opening that up and seeing the word Nintendo and oh. PlayStation. I I I would of course be confused, but immediately I feel like I would get an ink, inkling of Oh my jackpot. god. You just I, I guess there was enough prototypes from Sony that were destroyed, wow. but that one made its way down to this just random guy and bidding on stuff and you know somehow he won it and that was the story man you give give it 20 30 years when that kid's older and he decides he wants to sell it that's it's it'll probably oh be my god yeah i mean it's it's like it's crazy wow. it's like this super urban legend that you know it's kind of known but you know no one knew what those existed so it's just one of those things, man, that just kind of worked out. 
Now I know what to look for when oh I'm looking for Oh my god, if you will. find that. <laughs> when you walk up to Goodwill and they're like $6 and you like decide to bargain just to be an a-hole, you're like, no, four. <laughs> uh, you know what, what's nice is I can walk up and be like, hey, I'm a good friends <laughs> member. I get my 25% you're gonna off. you sell it Thank for you. hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would like my 25 cent <laughs> discount, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get a s- squeeze out, squeeze out every well, penny you can. Also, Applebee's, squeeze out every penny you can. <laughs> Wrong lines only. We should talk to him about the limo service, by the way. Yeah, right? I, I like your idea of mm-hmm. the red velvet mm-hmm. ropes and... Do you get your own DJ? In I think the back I think and... that's an upgrade. We don't give that for free. We're not chilies, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this, this is just <laughs> casual dining. It's good old, good old Applebee's. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this one. We, we don't get us wrong. We love talking about collecting and hobbying, and probably sounded like a bunch of really cool two dudes right here. But we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I- I, whenever you suggested this topic, I think I, I literally had the feeling of, okay, this could be like a 50 <laughs> part know. episode. We could keep we talking could... <laughs> about it. We could just, we'll just pause it here and we could play on forever. Literally have like no views, no listens, but we'll keep talking. That kind of sounds it. fun. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh. All right. Yeah, I hope I hope everyone enjoyed this this little bit different style of the podcast. Um, definitely, I think we'll be we'll be looking at doing more more. Agreed. I think All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace. Catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>